Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, Sephiroth is coming to smash. Finally, a guy with a sword. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including Sephiroth coming to Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. And then on Thursday, we're going to be talking about uh, today's Indie World Showcase, Tuesday's Indie World Showcase. But in the meantime, Mark, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I don't know about you, Patrick, but uh, this like holiday season, my husband and I have gone like kind of full in on holiday TV and holiday-themed movies. It just okay, feels, yeah. like, appropriate. Um, and it's kind of, like, it's kind of fun to just, like, release yourself to the uh, the, the holiday movies. I'm, well, I mean, we all... I, I was on the phone with my father last night, and uh, I, I was mentioning, like, things that we'd been watching, and he said, uh, when, when do you watch all these things? And I was like, what, when I'm not going out to dinner, when I'm not going out to see a show, when I'm not going out to meet my friends. What are you talking about? When do I watch these things? Yeah, uh, I, we watch, we, I feel like even more than before, we just like consume so much content. We are insatiable yeah. content monsters because like, what else are you going to do? Oh, and honestly, being the insatiable content monster is preferable to the alternative, which is being an insatiable phone monster where I'm just like scrolling through Twitter all day. Yeah. Like it's not, it's that, that's the good form of me at this point in my life. Mark, what have you been watching Christmas movie wise? Okay. So we just, yesterday, we just watched the Santa Claus, the one with like Tim mm. Allen and yes. moved directly into the Santa Claus Santa two. Claus two. And I, right. uh, Very good. I have. We d- we haven't watched the third the one. The Mrs. Claus. Yes. Right. Yeah. 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 I have Elizabeth Julie Mitchell Bowen from in that? what? Oh, Elizabeth Mitchell. Elizabeth yes, Mitchell. Okay. Yeah. From uh, Lost and other things that aren't Lost. Um, I. If you say so, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a lot of thoughts on the Santa Claus movies, but here is not. This is neither the time nor the place for us to get into it. Oh. oh. <laughs> I thought we were going to get at least like one thought. Are you not going to move on to the Santa Claus 3 with Martin Short as Oof. Jack Frost? I maybe controversial. Don't really like Martin Short. Oh, you know what? That may be controversial. In fact, I know it is. I am right there with you. I don't you know th- there was a maybe last year there was a, a a Steve Martin Martin Short like comedy duo thing that they put out on um Netflix and we I Either Sarah and I together or just me watched like half of it and then had to stop because I couldn't stand Martin Short. You know, when he like shows up and you know what? No, not important. We got to move on. We got to move on. In Arrested Development or in... Kimmy Schmidt. Uh, yeah, it's just like, no, this is, this is too Patrick, crazy. Patrick, we've got to move on. We have to move right. past it. This is what he wants Speaking us of- to do. I know it. He's got us fighting amongst ourselves. Speaking of fighting amongst yourselves, my copy of Sonic Forces or my copy of Untitled Goose Game, would you like to borrow it? Um, you can by joining the Sonic Forces borrowing program. All you have to do is write in to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com and give us a mailing address, and I will send you my copy of Sonic Forces 
maybe Untitled Goose Game is in there instead of Sonic Forces. The Goose is a spoiler. It's what he does. Um, you just got to get on this list. You got to borrow these games. Uh, it is the right thing to do. It's the responsible thing to do. Get on the list. It remains the perfect program. Do you know what? You can even do this. Put your loved one on the list for Christmas. Yes. Right. There's no way they'll get the game before Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> just heads up. Yeah. Maybe next There's year. a list. It's it's a cue. Um, we did, on, on the topic of Sonic Forces, get uh, an email from Bernard. Bernard writes, Hello, not sure if you heard of this news story of a kid spending $16,000 in in-app purchases uh, in Sonic Forces. <laughs> not saying they would have saved money by it being on the Sonic Forces borrowing program, but not saying uh, they would have not saved money by being in it. Thanks for the podcast. Have a good one. Uh, Bernard, great point. Uh, if you do get your hands on my copy of Sonic Forces or anyone else's copy of Sonic Forces, uh, heads up, I guess you can spend $16,000 <laughs> on cosmetic items in that game. Don't do that. Yeah, and Bernard, you are 100% right. People would have saved money because in all ways, the Sonic Forces borrowing program is the perfect program, and this just continues to prove it. Also, uh, maybe just a quick disclaimer that we should have been saying for like three years, we are not responsible for any enough purchases <laughs> you decide to make. That's right. My we're, borrowed we're, copy of we're Sonic We're saying Forces. it now. It is true forever in the past. Retroactively. And forever yes. in the future. <laughs> and at this specific moment in time. Oh, so yeah. In Close all the, yes. Throughout the universe. Close yes. all the loopholes. And, in, and in, all, in the multiverse, too. Let's just say uh, all, all the time. Speaking of things that we are not going to be able to predict... We are doing an episode where we are predicting the entirety of Nintendo's 2021, um, and we need your predictions, and we need those by this Friday, this Friday, December 18th, um, and uh, you just need to email those to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Gmail what kind of predictions are we looking for here, Mark? It can be a prediction of any kind, as long as it involves Nintendo and the year 2021. And I know that you yeah. might be thinking to yourself, do these need to be realistic predictions? I, what does that even mean? Who could have possibly predicted what 2020 is? Like the, your Mario memories, the, these can come in any form. If uh, yes. you are in like a bell choir for the holidays and you have gotten your bell choir to like in Morse code, use bells to spell out your 2021 sure. prediction in Morse yes. code. That is an acceptable form if you want to send it I'm, in. Just so long as you are either socially distanced within your bell <laughs> choir or that you've been bubbling together all year in anticipation right. of the Christmas season. Or your bell <laughs> choir is your household. Yes, that, that would also be fine. Um, yeah, we want those. We, are, we have an insatiable desire for more predictions. You are running. Normally, we give you a ton of time on these sorts of things. Uh, this is just a couple days now. Get them in so we can talk about them. Um, and then a quick programming note. Uh, going into the end of the year here, we are going to uh, switch over to one episode a week. Um, this, uh, this week is maybe a little bit of an anomaly here, but the news has been slowing down on the Nintendo front, as it usually does toward, towards the end of the year. So we're going to uh, stop doing uh, the news episodes for a little bit here, um, just, for, just for two weeks. Uh, so next week on the 21st Tuesday, is it the 21st? I wrote 21st, but now, now I'm second-guessing that. And it's the 22nd. 22nd. Two, yes. Tuesday the 22nd, we are going to be talking about the original 1990s Mortal Kombat movie with our good friend Colin J. Morris. Uh, and then the next week on the 29th, um, we are go going to be predicting Nintendo's 2021. Um, 
So uh, again, make sure you get your predictions in by this Friday so we can talk about them on the show. Um, all right, Mark, is there, is there anything else? I feel like there was a lot of business up front there. Uh, we should move on before, I, before we start unloading on, on Martin Short anymore. No, no. All right, let's get into what we've been playing. Mark, I'm happy to... Sorry, I'm talking about Hades again. <laughs> I'm happy to report that I have uh, gotten to what is like actually the end of Hades. Um, not in that I'm going to stop playing it, but in that I have seen the end of the main storyline. Um, I have uh, gotten to the credits. I have changed a big aspect of Hades and Zagreus's relationship, um, and I uh, continue to play it. Um, but this, the narrative end of this game was satisfying in a way that I was not expecting. Wow. Um, I uh, just sort of put the controller down and sat and watched the credits and the little like action that played out uh, under the credits um, just go and like let the whole thing wash over me. A totally satisfying experience. Um, I've had so many like good, you know, hour long chunks with the game because, you know, every every time you do a run of the game, um, you know, it'll it'll let, or like, you know, trying to get to Hades and defeat him um, at the longest. It's like 45, 50 minutes. And on like the shorter end, it's like, you know, uh, low 20 minutes. Right. Um, and so I've had a ton of good, like discrete chunks of time with it. Um, but it's really only in. uh getting to Hades or beating Hades for the 10th time um, that I felt all of it sort of connect as uh, a, a great mosaic of a game that I've been playing for the last, you know, two months. Um, I just absolutely love Hades. Um, I, the more I play it, the less I think there's anything wrong with it. Um, like it's just, it is totally my game of the year, even though I've put way more time into Animal Crossing, uh, even though I did everything there is to do in Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order even though uh, The Last of Us 2 made me cry. Um, you know, Hades uh, is just, it's, uh, I don't know. It's, there's, I know there's no such thing as a perfect game, but I am absolutely in love with Hades. That's awesome. When you say that you want to go back to it, is it because there's like, there's like a post game in the way that we think of post games? Or is it just like you like being in the game and like playing the game and so you want to put more time into it? There is more to accomplish in that there are more like upgrades that I can make to um, like more aesthetic upgrades that I can make to the house of Hades. Um, like there are all these, you, uh, there, there's a house contractor who's like a ghost who lives down there um, and he can, you know, add rugs or, you know, put up pillars or, uh, you know, I've, I've bought all the, all the extra things I can put in Zagreus's room. Um, but, you know, there are all sorts of other things that you can change. Um, there are fish that I haven't caught yet. Um, there are relationships that I haven't maxed out yet. There's, there are so, and weapons I haven't maxed out yet. Weapons I haven't even, um, uncovered there. All, all the weapons have, um, three different forms. Um, and the fourth form is like a hidden one that you have to spend a little time upgrading the weapon and do some like special, like story-based things where like you have the weapon equipped when you talk to someone and then like do something for them. I haven't reunited uh, Patrocles and um, uh, 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 Achilles. Um, I have reunited uh, Eurydice and Orpheus. I felt really good about that one. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, just, there's just more stuff to do uh, and more relationships to max out. And 
um, I just I just love it. They, I, I'm not I'm never gonna stop. I don't think. Yeah, that's great. That's really cool. I've been playing Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity, still making my way through it slowly. I have to tell you, I'm a little bit worried that I like. Am I going to make my way through the entire game? I don't know. Um, because I definitely get like a little bit fatigued where it's like every yeah. mission that you do feels so similar um, that it's hard. Like, it's hard for me to be like, I want to see what happens next because I'm like, I kind of feel like I know what's going to happen next. And I know that that's not entirely fair because I'm still fairly early into the game. And again, like the snippets of spoilers that I see online, I'm like, oh, this game feels like it, like, it gets a little bit bonkers in ways that I haven't experienced yet. But it's hard when, like, uh, I don't know how far you've made it. If, uh, But, like, the more you go, the more that opens up on the map. Like, just more icons on the map. Yeah, more stuff. And it feels a little bit overwhelming because it feels like I'm not really making it forward progress in the game because it just seems like, I don't know, It's it's a weird sense of, like, one, everything is feeling just like a little bit the same, like all the combat encounters are a little bit the same. And then two, you're like, there is so much to this game and it all seems to be the same thing. Yeah, I've I've started, um, instead of selecting the challenges and the chapters in the story through the map, uh, just doing, like you can toggle over with L and R yeah. to just get you a list of them. Um, and I've started just selecting them that way. Can you filter um, that list? Uh, I mean, you can sort of filter it. So what what it does is, um, it's like, so it, I guess on that list, I don't know if there's a way to do like the, uh, you know, where you have to give like eight fish and like you know yeah. thirty orders or whatever. Like I don't I don't think those are on the lists. It's all like the combat encounters oh, and got they're it, got organized it. by like recommended level. Yeah. Um, and then the chapter, the chat, like main chapter fights are in a separate list. Um, and then the services are in another list. So you can check out all of the um, merchants that you've unlocked. But I also find that sort of annoying where like you have to know which merchant to go to to buy the thing. And like the game has a, a feature where you can tag um, a specific task so that like you'll get a little green dot on the places that will give you that the resource needed to complete that. Yeah, task. it's like the Sheikah sensor. Um, it's like the Sheikah sensor, but like, I there's just so much of it that it, it almost feels irrelevant. Like I just kind of want to farm resources for a while and then go back and knock them all out, um, or I just wanted to do itself and be like, hey, you have enough to do yeah, this now, yeah. so go do it. No, okay, occasionally there are fights where I'm like, oh, that was really fun or really unexpected, and usually it's when like a new enemy type or like a new mm -hmm. character that you're encountering. They're not always enemies, and like that's really fun. And I have to say, like, surprisingly, I'm, like, pretty into the story. I think, at least so far, that it's the most interesting Zelda as a character has been ever, or at least in a really long time. Um, yeah, that tracks. And so, like, like those pieces of it I like, and those are the pieces, like, the story and everything were the, was the part that I was excited about um, when the game came out, just, like, being in that world. So I'm still enjoying it, but I can just, like, tell that some of the things that were, like, in the beginning, yeah. I was like, oh, this is, like, a little bit annoying, but I'm still enjoying it. Now I can feel it becoming, getting to, like, wear on me a little bit more the further I get into the game. 
Um, I still maintain that like it makes me laugh every time you go back to that tower after finishing a combat thing mm-hmm. and that big sweeping uh, uh, string score. That <laughs> well, e- <laughs> even when you're just yeah, you it's go back. It's always so dramatic. You go back to the tower and you're on the map. You're looking at the map. Yeah, and that loop, it's like thirty seconds, just plays over and over and over, just like relentlessly. Yes, it's too much. Um, so yeah, I I, I maintain that uh, Age of Calamity is a game that I will. I will probably get through at some point, um, but an hour at a time. Yeah, you know. Um, so it could be months before I, I get to the end of it. Um, speaking of things that I'll never get to the end of, uh, Animal Crossing. There's snow on the ground in Animal Crossing. Um, we can make snowmen. It's adorable. the The music all has jingle bells behind it. Um, you know, I don't have anything new to say about Animal Crossing other than it continues to be adorable. Um. And I, we were, Mark, we are almost to the point where we have all great neighbors, where Whoa. all of the care, all of the animals on the island are great, with the exception of one. There's one that we're like okay on. We, for a little while, uh, we had like seven that were great and three that we were okay on. We'd gotten rid of all the ones that we disliked, right? Um, and slowly but surely, we're getting rid of the ones that we're only okay on, and hopefully we can replace this last only okay one with a good one. Are you retaining, like, once you get a neighbor that you like, are you retaining them, or do you let them go if they want to leave? No, now, I mean, we, we've gotten to the place where we've locked in, uh, like, I don't know if I can play the game without having Sherb on my oh, island mm-hmm, anymore, mm-hmm. Or, or Cookie, or Fauna, like, they're just part of the game. If there's some point where they decide to, like, patch it in so that uh, an animal can just decide to leave and not ask your permission, um, I'll, I'll stop playing. <laughs> <laughs> no, on, like, honest to God, Sarah and I will talk about Cookie, the pink dog who wants to be a pop star. Uh, every day we we will talk about her every day you guys have had cookie for a good long while too right yeah cookie i think was my fourth uh the my fourth neighbor she wasn't one of my starters and then ozzy came third i think i think cookie was my third. you always remember your fourth (laughs) all right mark those are the new or that's what we have been playing i got so excited about new releases um let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week Today, Tuesday, December 15th, Collection of Saga Final Fantasy Legend is released for the Nintendo Switch. This is a collection of the first three Final Fantasy Legend games, uh, or at least that's how they're known in the States. In Japan, they're part of like the Saga series, but when they were brought over to the U.S., people were like, Final Fantasy, I think, had just launched or shortly launched when um, the first Final Fantasy Legend game was released. So Square Enix was like, let's just kind of like get everybody in America on board this Final Fantasy train. Yeah, I mean, it's they're, they're back into a corner with the name of this thing, but Collection of Saga Final Fantasy Legend is a disaster <laughs> of a name. <laughs> it's the, uh, there are three Game Boy games. Um, yes. And uh, Patrick, the first of which I played yeah, extensively. That's what I was going to yes. say. Um, I think you talked about it in our Weird Games episode with uh, Greg Smith. Yes, that's right. Because you climb a tower and kill God is, is, why, is why we talked about that as a weird game. Um, and- yeah, this is uh, the, the collect. I want to talk a little bit about the, co- the collection itself because I think it is a bad collection. Um, it's three Game Boy games. Uh, they're charging 20 bucks for it. Um, and it seems like it is obviously a 
uh, designed for mobile, um, just because of the way the games are all set in a um, like a, a frame that looks like it would be a very obvious place to have uh, a D-pad on the left and um, buttons on the right. So I'd expect to see this thing in mobile at some point. Uh, you don't need to pay 20 bucks for three Game Boy games. It's not a good deal. Um, and I don't think, like, I've, I've played little bits of uh, Final Fantasy Legends 2 and 3, and neither of them are, are as fun as the first. And the first one is, like, a weird archaic slog that I don't think works at all in 2020, um, let alone um, works very well. It's weird that um, the original Saga Frontier you know, also recently got this, like, uh, the announcement of it being remastered and coming to Switch and PlayStation, um, just PlayStation 4, not PlayStation 5, <laughs> um, and then also that this thing is coming out. It's, like, why is Square Enix doubling down on the, on the Saga game? You know, I, I was uh, reading an old Jeremy Parrish article that was either on US Gamer or Retronauts about uh, Final Fantasy Legend slash, like, Saga and I forget the name of like the producer or director of these games, but basically what uh, Jeremy Parrish was saying or what he was speculating is that like this guy who created this series is now um, like a executive in like management at Square Enix, and he doesn't mm. he's not in game creation, but like he just occasionally cashes in his chips and is like, and now we're going to do this with Saga because he has the political willpower to like get this stuff pushed through. Um, and so, yeah, it, it is kind of interesting. Uh, I agree with you that, like, maybe not the best uh, use of 20 bucks. It does have some quality of life improvements, like, um, similar to, like, the Fire Emblem uh, release yeah. just uh, last week or two weeks ago. Basically, you know, uh, I think you can speed up battles, like, do that sort of thing. All of that is available in the game now. Yeah, uh, it, I'm, I'm, I've got the uh, game description from Nintendo's website here. Game includes new enhancements like high speed mode, uh, uh, as well as features un uh, unique to the Switch. Da -da 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 -da. Screen magnification, uh, game screen background customization. Um, I mean, it does. It's saying it includes new enhancements like high speed mode. I don't know. It doesn't actually sound like there are a lot of <laughs> extra enhancements in this. I would say if you're remotely interested, read up on it. I would bet that it's uh, more bare bones than we're expecting. But that's pretty much, I would say, the biggest release of the week. Um, just a quick shout out that as part of like a, as part of the Game Awards, Nintendo started running some eShop deals uh, here in the U.S. where I think fairly similar to the deals around like black friday and cyber monday here's one thing that uh, i thought was interesting is that fire emblem three houses is down from 60 bucks it's now 41.99 uh same with super mario odyssey and astral chain but the legend of zelda breath of the wild is 39.99 what do you mm. think warrants the two dollar difference between the two how is that decided it doesn't make any sense to me yeah i mean i wonder if it's the, just the difference between 30% off and 33% off, right? Because um, that $39.99 is like an artificial, it's not a percentage, it's not like a reasonable percentage, it's just like a third of the price is missing, right? Right. But uh, Whereas the other ones could be just like a, a hard and fast, like 30% off. But why make, why make the I distinction? I don't know, why make it different? Yeah. <laughs> no idea. We'll never know. Um, but Zelda, Mario Odyssey, and Fire Emblem Three Houses, those are all um, 
huge meaty games uh that it's pretty good to get for uh to not have to spend 60 bucks on also it is worth pointing out that there is going to be a uh, a nintendo indie world showcase today and nintendo loves saying and the game is available now or it's available on thursday um so i would expect our current list of uh new releases to be incomplete um and so we will talk more about that on thursday um all right uh let's close this out Now it is time for a regular segment on our show. It is time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for four minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Um, Mark, we are good, loyal corporate stooges, uh, so we are very (laughs) excited about the announcements coming out of Disney from their investor call. Um, And we thought it would be fun to talk about Marvel and Disney announcements that got us all excited. Um, uh, Was it Marvel and Star Wars? Those those are the two things we're talking about. Um, uh, What, what what's what's your like overhead broad view of opinion of this? It's too much for my feeble non-corporate brain to handle. It is. Do you remember that there was a time that like we got we were lucky to get one or two Star Wars projects every like three years? It's all so yes. much. Yes. Or when it was like 1984, uh, and it was like, yeah, now we're not going to do Star Wars again for another 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. I do. You want to start with uh with Star Wars stuff? Yeah. I. I mean, I don't like. Again, it. Okay. The big announcement. For me, because again, it feels like there's like there's so much going on. But the big announcement for yes. me is Obi Wan Kenobi. Um, I'm very excited for this to be happening. I'm excited um, to have uh, Ewan McGregor back as Obi Wan. I don't know what to make of the fact that Hayden Christensen is uh, coming back to play Darth Vader, the man whose face we never see and whose voice is dubbed uh, in this series. It uh, it'll be wild. It will be wild. Do you think there's uh like any chance that we'll see him as like um that they have like the same sort of force projection abilities as like Luke shows in um episode eight or like the sort of force connection that Ray and uh Kylo Ren have in uh episodes eight and nine so that they can just like have their physical beings in the same space? Because there's no way that Darth Vader can know where Obi-Wan Kenobi is, right? Right, right. Well, and also, I like I'm so hung up on the point on the fact that they like made a point to say that he's portraying Darth Vader, which like makes sense. Yeah, weird. But at the same time, like doesn't make it just doesn't make any sense to me. Right, because he technically portrays Darth Vader in Revenge of the Sith as well. But you know, what are you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> um, the so I thought it was interesting that they uh you know showed the sizzle reel for the season two uh trailer of, of Mandalorian didn't talk about a season three but instead we're like we're doing two spin-off shows uh one is the uh rangers of the new republic and just an ahsoka tano show called ahsoka um which mark let me tell you one of the complaints that i have had about the mandalorian this year is that i love that they're bringing in all of these disparate elements from other star Star wars stuff but i wish they would just make a show about that other star wars stuff that they're obviously carrying a torch for and clearly that's what the ahsoka tano show is yeah um, so i'm kind i'm excited for the sort of like focusing this 
weird to be getting like a live action Thrawn at some point. That seems inevitable. Yeah. I feel like we should, anything else you want to say about Star Wars, I feel like we should no, probably we should... move on to Marvel. Yeah, I think you're right. Because uh, there's a ton of Marvel. Um, the the uh, First of all, I think it's nuts that um, WandaVision is coming out in January, January 15th. And then when it's done, basically, Falcon and the Winter Soldier starts up, and then probably Loki, and then probably What If, and then Hawkeye, and then Miss Marvel, and maybe some of that's out of order. But it's like we're going to have a week or two between them. Maybe. Maybe it's just going to be the next week the next one starts. Um, there's so much of this. What of these are exciting to you? Uh, I'm excited for Loki. Actually, I'm excited for WandaVision. But like, uh, w Captain, like uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon or whatever it's called, like, I feel like I don't really feel anything for. I'm not excited. I'm not not excited. But uh, Loki, I'm super excited for. I love that it like. I think at like at one point he is he's DB Cooper. So I kind of like that this is yep. um like quantum potentially like quantum leap, but with like bad guys over you know like famous thieves versus yep. um you know people who that uh, Scott Bakula learns a valuable lesson or something. I mean, there's also a point where we see, uh, like Black Widow sitting on a, uh, on 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 like a rock or something. So like, is he in the afterlife? Like, what's? <laughs> there's a lot to be excited about in Loki, uh, and just kind of all of them. I'm excited for all of it. Uh, we were accompanied today by pianist Kyle Shaw. All right, Mark, let's get into the news. Last week during the Game Awards, Nintendo revealed the next fighter coming to Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, and it's Sephiroth from Final Fantasy VII. Sephiroth! Uh, yeah, this is crazy. Mark, do, do, talk, talk, do, lay, lay more of the groundwork and then we'll get into it. <laughs> I mean, it is crazy. Uh, the reveal yeah. video, which I will probably talk about a little bit more, is insanely epic. Uh, this is the second character from Final Fantasy VII after Cloud. And breaks the pattern, I guess not really a rule, but a, I think I was treating it as a rule that we would only have one character per game from a third-party franchise. So this was definitely mixing things up. I mean, if you don't want to count uh, the Belmonts. Which as... clearly I don't. Yep. <laughs> well, you know, what are they called? Reflect, reflection? Mirror? Uh, what are they? What are the uh, clone echoes. characters called? Echo fighters. Echoes. That's right. Thank you. I was not gonna get there. <laughs> um, so the thing that I think is amazing about that, you're right. Like it's uh, sort of a good rule or like a rule of thumb or an assumption. Um, but uh, it's not even just that it's from the same series. This is the same game. Like Final Fantasy has 15 mainline entries plus you know a, a, a second Final Fantasy 10 two extra Final Fantasy 13s. Um, it is wild that they picked another Final Fantasy 7 character. Mark, what does it mean? I guess, you know, what I would initially say is that Sakurai is like a big Final Fantasy 7 fan, but to hear him tell it, Sakurai is not even the one who is picking these. So I, I, I don't know. I, I can't possibly imagine how this happened. Yeah, the thing that I I find the most exciting about this, and uh, I, the the next bullet point on our our news sheet here is that there will be a, a full presentation for the character on Thursday at two p.m. Uh, that's Thursday the seventeenth. So we will not have an opportunity to talk about it on this show before the end of the year. Um, so go and check those out. Those videos are always fun. It's forty five minutes of Sakurai uh playing Smash Brothers against himself in his own home, which is uh, a delight, and he'll tell us all about 
Sephiroth, and there will be new Mii Fighter costumes, because there always are. There'll be a new stage, because there always is. And there will be new music, because there always is. Um, but that's the part that has me the most excited, because while Cloud is in the base version of this game, Final Fantasy VII is not well... Rep- Final Fantasy in general is not well represented. There is one piece of music and one stage, and that's it. So, I mean, it is, it, this is the opportunity to really bring in more Final Fantasy VII stuff. Uh, what the stage is going to be, is it going to be like the inside of the crater? Is it going to be uh, not related to Sephiroth, but just related to Final Fantasy? Uh, maybe. Um, you know, what, what are the Mii Fighters going to look like? Will there be more than one stage? How much music are we going to get? I would be willing to bet that we're going to see music. And it's tough because I wanted to say music from all across Final Fantasy. Um, but the the like final title card that popped up at the end of the trailer said Sma- Super Smash Brothers Ultimate Cross Final Fantasy VII specifically. Um, but there's so much in Final Fantasy VII that could really flesh out the game. I'm just... It's, it seems like almost a make good for not having Cloud represent the game more completely. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, if that is the case. I think it would be really fun. Who knows if like the reason why like the Final Fantasy representation or Final Fantasy VII representation from before was so limited was because of like um, restrictions that Square Enix put on it. Uh, and like, does that still hold true? But um, I mean, the thing that's so the the like I just to push back against that for a second is like uh, there's a ton of Dragon Quest stuff with the inclusion of um, the hero from uh, Dragon yeah, Quest that's true. Uh, that's 11 true. and others. So it's like Square Enix is obviously playing ball now. And I wonder if just during the regular development, they were like, nah, you know, you get Cloud, you get uh, Midgar and like, that's enough for you. Um, and you know, now that they're like back in negotiations about it, they're like, oh yeah, now inject it with proper Final Fantasy VII stuff. What I'm looking forward to from uh, Sakurai's presentation on Thursday is like the little bit of insight that we get at the very beginning, where he talks about like, you're surprised by this character, aren't you? Well, let me like tell you a little bit about like yeah. what happened. Um, because I I am also yeah, you also get a look inside his house. Yeah, is <laughs> <it's, it's> very <laughs> nice. <laughs> It's like a model home. I don't get it. It is. It's beautiful. Um. Okay. So I've the one part I want to talk about from the reveal video is, uh, you know, when they revealed the ca- the castle, the inclusion of Castlevania in Ult- in Smash Ultimate. It started with a video with like death murdering uh Luigi, and like we uh-huh. we literally see Luigi literally um, reaping his soul. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um. And in. This video, they play with the idea that, like, uh, they are going to kill Mario because there's a moment I haven't seen it because um, uh, I haven't watched the movie, played a game. What is Advent Children? But I guess there's, like, a moment. It's a movie. Yeah. It's a movie. There's, like, an iconic moment in Advent Children where Sephiroth, like, skewers somebody with a sword, and they send that up here with Mario. It looks like possibly he had um, murdered Mario. Turns out that it is not the case. But I love that since the ground has been laid by killing Luigi canonically, that it is possible that uh, anybody could go. Mario is at risk. Now, Mark, I don't. I I think Mario is murdered in the reveal trailer for Ridley. Um, it, it starts with Mario, Samus, and Mega Man like walking on like a, a you know technology sort of bridge, and it's dark. Uh, and there's like a swoop, and Mega Man uh, like disappears with a blue, 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 you know, like Mega Man dying. Um, and then like another swoop, and then like Mario's gone. 
uh, and then Samus and Ridley fight. Um, but so I think Mario has been killed in one of these trailers already. <laughs> well, there you go. Mario is dead. <laughs> uh, on the day of the game, on the day of the Game Awards, but not related to like they didn't time it around the Game Awards, as far as I can tell. Nintendo announced that the next Amiibo in the Smash Brothers series, which uh, was previously announced, it's Banjo and Kazooie, Terry, and Byleth. They are all going to be releasing on March 26, 2021, which is a lot sooner than was originally revealed. Uh, they, when they were shown off for the first time, Nintendo announced that they were going to be released in fall 2021, which at the time we remarked seemed crazy because it was so far away. Yeah, so maybe they just uh, course corrected for that, or realized that they had then like after that another six amiibo to put out. And we're like, oh my god, <laughs> we just need to get these things out the door. Yeah. So, but March twenty uh, sixth, twenty twenty one. Um, and maybe no surprise, but surprise that was the only announcement that we got from Nintendo during the Game Awards was just Sephiroth is coming to Smash, and that you'll know more about it next week. Um, you know, I know that there's always a a sense of the sky is the limit and who knows what's going to be announced at game awards. But the answer is not that much. Yeah. And that was kind of true for like, not just Nintendo. I felt in general, it was a quieter game awards than uh, we've had in the past, which makes sense. You know, like um, Sony and Microsoft literally just released new consoles like three weeks ago. Totally. So, but we did actually get a surprising amount of Capcom stuff for switch. So Capcom showed off a new Ghosts and Goblins game called Ghosts and Goblins Resurrection that's uh, being released February 25th, 2021. This is unbelievable. Why would they do this? Who likes <laughs> Ghosts and Goblins? I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> it, it has like that weird retro appeal where you're like, we're like, oh, yeah, I remember this game. And you play it, uh, you know, for like the three minutes until the game like kills you and you have to go back to the beginning and you're like oh i'm never gonna get anywhere in this game yeah and then you stop playing it yeah um yeah i i mean I'll, I'll be interested to learn more about it but right now i'm of the like huh opinion on this one totally i'm proposing a new subtitle ghosts and goblins resurrection colon who is this for uh <laughs> capcom also announced capcom arcade stadium which is a digital collection of 32 arcade games or has the potential to be a digital collection of 32 arcade games. Basically, this is a cool idea. You download this thing that you know, like, is your portal to the Capcom Arcade Stadium. Uh, when it when it's released in February, you will get the World War II shooter 1943: The Battle of Midway uh, included for free as a free download. And then there are three other game packs which come with ten games each. That you can buy separately. And then in addition to that, you can also just buy Ghosts and Goblins, Goblins on its own for a total of the 32 original games. arcade Ghosts and Goblins. Yes. Yeah, these are all yeah. arcade games. Um, and they're a little bit on the um, like older side, arcade game-wise. Like there aren't, and uh, none of them are licensed games. So you're not going to see, um, you know, some of the, I uh, talked about the, um, uh predator uh versus alien a a alien predator there we go um like beat em up side scrolling capcom uh game on uh, a previous episode that's not going to be in this collection x men isn't going to be in this collection um so and uh like well street fighter some of uh, like the street fighter 2 games are in here um there aren't any street fighter 3s 
so like there are glaring omissions uh, in this collection right now um but like the concept of like here's a portal to capcom arcade games that you can buy in bundles or individually is very appealing to me yeah i think it's a fun idea i think it's a cool way to kind of like have your own um capcom classic edition uh but just like yeah totally easily accessible for everybody because it, it the trailer for it such as it is is kind of interesting like it's not really showing off gameplay it is mostly just like a 30 or so second uh like uh attract screen that kind of how like the nes classic edition and the snes class classic edition have their like main menu with a catchy tune that's kind of all this trailer was it was it was interesting it's like they know who their audience is and they're just like speaking directly to them. And a couple of the games that uh, appear in here are in the Capcom beat 'em up bundle, um, like Final Fight, like um, Captain Commando, like, uh, is, it, is it called like t- Armored Ar- Armor War? Something, something. There's some like kind of uh, mech combat brawler. Um, but so, you know, if, if, if you are specifically interested in those kinds of games, you're probably better served by the Capcom beat 'em up bundle. Um, but it's cool that they're going to be included here too. Uh, finally, Capcom also showed off a new trailer for Monster Hunter Rise, which is coming in March, and the announcement of a demo for the game, which will be available in January for a limited time. There we go. Mark, a demo. <laughs> Perfect. Probably the like amount of that game I'm going to play. As far as the awards themselves, um, Animal Crossing New Horizons brought home the award for Best Family Game. Uh, Hades okay. won for Best Indie Game and Best Action Game. And like Mortal Kombat 11 um, got the best fighter fighting game award. Uh, that's pretty much it for games that were on Nintendo platforms. Um, uh, the Last of Us Part Two won Game of the Year, and I don't really know any of the other ones. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I feel like Hades is robbed here. Uh, I get why The Last of Us wins. Um, it is uh, it, it is a unique like media experience um, and a you know fun beautiful uh terrifying game uh but remember i said hades is almost perfect so (laughs) i mean how does that not win game of the year also like we previously mentioned yesterday an indie world showcase was announced for this morning at 9 a.m pacific time possibly by the time you're listening to this it will have already happened and we'll be talking all about it on thursday's episode we're gonna break it way down uh sort of in uh in in preparation for we didn't know what we were going to talk about on Thursday. We were sort of, uh, this happens at the end of every year. We start running out of ideas, but we come back fresh in January. Don't you worry. Um, uh, I was like making a list of games that we know are, are coming at some point, uh, including some games that are listed to be coming out sometime this year, but we don't uh, know yet. Um, so I've, I've got a good list of games that we might expect to see then. Um, and I can only imagine that we're going to be talking about, hey, why haven't we learned anything more about this game? Uh, since it was originally announced um, on Thursday's episode. So I, I think it'll be a good deep dive, uh, but also like, you know, check out the uh, uh, Indie World Showcase itself. They're usually fun and to- totally unpredictable. Last week, I think it was, we discussed Kratos being a playable character in Fortnite uh, and the novelty of the fact that you, uh, you can play as Kratos on a Nintendo platform. Patrick at the time mentioned that there were rumors of Master Chief from Halo arriving soon. And that turned out to be true. Master Chief is now available in Fortnite, which raises the question, will they be able to complete the trifecta? Um, Is it actually realistic that a Nintendo character could be next? 
Um, yeah. So what 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 do you think? Do you think it is realistic? I still feel like no. It's it, Kirby, obviously. Yeah, it does. It uh, no, it doesn't feel entirely realistic to me. Um, I when they announced that Master Chief was available, they also announced that like a couple of characters from The Walking Dead are going to be showing up. And so that kind of feels more like the Fortnite wheelhouse. It seems a little strange that they would be like, and here's, you know, like uh, Inklings. Yeah, well, as, as part of um, Jason's uh, 2021 prediction email, he included the, this paragraph that I'd like to read to you. He says, I think Link could be added to Fortnite. He has some long range and melee weapons, meaning you don't have to add anything crazy to him. He's a bit more mature than Mario and has been in T games like your favorite Link's crossbow training. T games meaning like T teen rated games. Uh like like our beloved Link's crossbow training. Uh which is true. And don't forget Soul Calibur 2. Don't forget Soul Calibur. But if we're going Soul Calibur 2, like Spawn should show up at some point as well. I mean, is your game really finished uh, before you have Spawn in there? The answer is no. Nope. That's that's why games that's, as a service exist. So that way Spawn right. can eventually show up in your game. This is also why people are so mad about uh, Cyberpunk 2077. Doesn't have Spawn in it. Furious. Four out of ten. Doesn't have Spawn. <laughs> uh, speaking of gaming collaborations, but not speaking of Spawn, Nintendo, Microsoft, and Sony announced yesterday in a coordinated press release that they are pursuing shared guidelines for online gaming safety, focusing specifically on three areas. And I say specifically, but they offer like no specifics on what they're doing. Um, but the three areas they intend to focus on are prevention, partnership, and responsibility. Um, mm. uh, prevention meaning like giving people control of their data ahead of time, letting them know, you know, like uh, the controls that they have available to them. Uh, partnership, working in collaboration as a uh, industry, and responsibility, making sure that it is able, like, easy for people to report abuses and then taking action on those abuses where appropriate. Um, so, just a quick note on on the partnership thing. Uh, just bear in mind that this will have an effect on, or I guess is the effect that we have seen play out uh, with um, the I forget the name of the organization that was putting on the the Smash Brothers Melee. Uh, right contest a, a, a couple weeks ago um, that Nintendo big house? put out the cease and desist that it's something like that a big house might be right um, that uh, they were using a obviously pirated and modded version of the game and Nintendo was like we can't you can't do that and we can't be involved in it so I think that partnership uh, is a big part of that um, if you're going to do something with Nintendo's products they they're going to want to be involved they're going to want to be your partner in it. Um, uh, and if they can't do that because you're using an illegal version of their game, they're going to shut it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I For my part, I feel like it's, like, focused on two areas, really. Like, one, to me, the fact that they're coming out with this, but it's also, like, mm. so vague, is, to me, it feels like they're trying to get ahead of something. And I don't mean, like, you know, like, uh, some, like, story is going to drop on the New York Times or something like that. I mean that I think they're, it feels to me like they're trying to get ahead of any like government regulation, uh, kind of like the games industry did with the ESRB, like the ratings board. Mm -hmm. um, they're trying to say like, hey, you don't need to police us. Like we are policing ourselves. Like we're doing just fine. Like just leave us alone. And then I wonder, this is more just speculation. Like, you know, we, uh, we've seen cross-platform play uh, become more routine, like more and more games are supporting it. but 
Sony's usually left out of the equation. It's a lot of times like PC and Xbox and Nintendo, and then Sony's doing its own thing. And I wonder if like with this collaboration, we will maybe see more full plot cross platform play, even though it doesn't really fit into the like the three areas of focus. But you know, Sony is kind of like you know in the past kind of said like, oh well you know, we have our own, like, controls and that sort of stuff, and that's part mm -hmm. of the reason why we don't do it. Yeah, well, I mean, all of those prevention, partnership, and responsibility are all, like, ways of um, directing and limiting liability, because, um, you know, they're, they're providing these platforms for people to interact with each other, which means someone is going to start taking advantage of it and being a dirtbag in one way or another, um, and if they have, like, a unified tool or a unified process that they can, like, refer back to, it sort of you know, limits their liability. Maybe they can even start insuring against it um, if they get sued for that kind of thing. So, like, it's yeah, it it, it would it would make sense for me that then they would um, have uh, more opportunities for people to interact across platforms or even in like the real world when we're back up to you know meeting in real life space. Um, but like, you know, this is a this is a a a butt saving measure, um, and they're they're protecting themselves and uh, to a lesser extent the players. I think. Totally. It was like 500 or maybe like 800 words of beautiful corporate speak. It said literally nothing. Um, yes. Tr like truly marvelous. Uh, in more exciting news, Nintendo has announced the next round of NES and SNES games coming to the SNES Woo! and NES Switch Online later this week. The four SNES and one NES games are coming on February, December 18th. Of course, it doesn't cost anything extra if you are subscribed to to Nintendo Switch Online. The games are Donkey Kong Country 3, Dixie Kong's Double Trouble. Huge, huge that this game is coming out on, on, the, on the service here. Uh, arguably, it's the only one even uh, worth mentioning. We'll talk about the other four, but like uh, this is this completes the Donkey Kong Country trilogy. This is a usually pretty maligned game, um, but like uh i think because of that not many people have played it uh like I, I messed around with it a little bit on my 3ds mark i know you've never uh played it before um i'm excited to get my hands on this on uh on the switch and actually like try to play all the way through it yeah me too i mean we've talked so many times before about how much we like the original donkey kong country you and i played donkey kong country 2 um and didn't really enjoy it all that much but i i am really curious it's weird to have this like Donkey Kong Country game that has always like existed for so many years, but I've never played before. So I'm looking forward for the to the opportunity to like dig into it. Yeah. Also coming out for the Super Nintendo uh, is the Ignition Factor, which is an overhead perspective firefighting game. Uh, not many of those in that genre anymore. Uh, Super Valis Four, a platforming adventure game, and then Tough Enough, a one-on-one -on -one fighting game. And then for the NES, Nightshade, which is an old school adventure game. Um, then these are all like huge. Uh, like I don't, I don't know why. Like I, I don't know why I add these. Like, um, <laughs> I like I, I legit don't get it. These are all gonna go for me in the like organizationally in the bottom, so I never have to look at them. Um, then there are obviously still big games missing from, especially the Super Nintendo library. Uh, but from the NES library as well, like there are just things that aren't in there. Um, and, you know, maybe uh, maybe part of that is like getting like Capcom and Square Enix are both like actively selling their uh, 
their back catalog like in other ways so maybe they're just not going to let them have them um and these are just the games that they still have the rights or the ability to negotiate with the rights holders or or what but like outside of donkey kong country 3 these are poor weird <laughs> offerings uh, yeah I, I i i totally agree i mean like these are not games that i'm interested in playing but i i i just have to assume that the ignition factor is somebody's like cool spot or crash test dummies where they're like oh yeah like we got this game at a garage sale and i remember putting hours into it as a kid it's not something that like uh maybe holds up but you know is a curiosity for somebody yeah i feel like there's got to be way more of those on the nes that they haven't put back out um just because like you know that was the era of like (laughs) <laughs> just like hundreds of games that don't make any yeah. sense and that like you rented for a weekend and just uh you know became obsessed with even though it was terrible i i think you're like i wonder if you like uh like you were saying if the rights for some of these games from you know the 8 and 16-bit era are so like crisscrossed and messed up that outside totally. of the big developers who generally haven't shown a lot of interest well i mean as far as we can tell but you're right that they are like monetizing their back catalogs in different ways that like maybe they are just kind of like okay who has anything that's available from the 16-bit era with clear rights right that they like can show that they own it in clear documentation or who has confusing enough rights that you could put it out anyway <laughs> and no one knows if they can have any right to sue you like, yeah it's very it's very strange uh and <laughs> but like the ignition factor have you even heard of this game no. before like no. what what is i had to watch the trailer and write little descriptions for each one of these because i because otherwise it'd be like oh the ignition factor what is that like a driving game probably i don't know yeah and Su- super valis 4 implies that there are three super valises before it at least three Super Valises before it. <laughs> You're right. There might be a whole like prequel trilogy, you know, like a uh, prequel sequence yeah. that is numbered in a completely different way. And this one is Super, for example. <laughs> so like <laughs> there could have been a whole regular Valis series before this. Uh, what if Super Valis is like the Mega Man X to some unknown like Valis oh series? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe. Last month, the NPD groups report on video game sales in the United States, including the interesting fact that the Nintendo Switch was the best-selling system for 23 months running through October, which was the longest streak ever. Uh, there is a new longest streak ever because this month's report confirmed that Switch was also the best-selling console in November, making it the best-selling what? console in the United States for 24 months, a full two years. Okay. Now, Sony and Microsoft released new hardware in November. Yeah. And uh, PlayStation 5 uh, had the best console launch month ever in both units sold and dollars spent. So it did great. It's not like the PlayStation 5 did poorly. The PlayStation 5 sold, and and the Xboxes as well, like they sold everything that was available to sell, but the Switch just sold more. It was just selling better. Yeah. There, I, there is a like hidden component to um, Nintendo's success um, this generation, and I guess with with all generations, that I don't know, we're never going to get like a full picture of it. Um, but like every month, or you know, whenever we talk about NPD numbers, NPD reports, um, and Nintendo games are charting on there, um, you know, we're never surprised to see them. But there's always with the caveat of uh, digital sales are not included on yeah, the list. That's right. So like, how however amazingly well Nintendo games appear to be selling, 
It was selling even better <laughs> than that. Um, possibly by a factor of like, it could be like a hundred percent more uh, being sold digitally than physically. Uh, it's it's not unreasonable to think. So I I mean I don't there's yeah S- Switch and Nintendo are are doing quite well. Yeah, it's I feel I feel like uh, Nintendo has a um, tendency to their success is either like feast or famine. Like rarely yeah. do do they just hit like hit like a solid triple or you know like I guess you could say the 3ds was that. Um, but yeah. for the mo for the or like the Game Boy, but like the Game Boy Advance sold incredibly well. Like I feel like they either do incredibly well or they do incredibly poorly, and it's like those peaks and valleys are just like nuts because they can last for years. Yeah, well, and like the seemingly unrelated to uh, obviously Animal Crossing was a huge success and sold a lot of consoles for them this year. But like that's it. That was the only console driver they had this year. Yeah. Um, and they uh, had. You know, they continued their streak uh, even through the uh, launch of new consoles. So, like, you know, they're 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 doing great. They're on fire right now. And one slow year wasn't enough to uh, dethrone them. Yeah, I mean, everybody, I listeners, I hope a chill didn't just run down your spine as you contemplated what this show might look like if we went through Wii U years again. Look, man. Look, we can do it. We, can, you and I, can dig into the back catalog and be like, "Look, we're doing a, we're doing a long play of." I, I think we should do uh, an episode just about Donkey Kong Country Three. I think we should play it. Yeah, I think that'd we be fun. Talk about it as though it were a new game. I think that'll be fun. I think we could do that. Uh, you know, we can bring back the Donkey Kong Three. Um, you know, a contest. See who can score higher. Uh, <laughs> there's there there are no depths I won't go to for this show. Um. <laughs> We can play old games all day. Don't make us do Wii music again. We'll do it. Finally, as part of Mario's 35th anniversary, Nintendo announced an all-new worldwide Splatoon 2 Splatfest for January 2021. This was back during in like August at the Mario 35th Direct. Um, the D- Splatfest is going to be which Mar- Mario power-up would you prefer Super size from a super mushroom or invincibility from a superstar. We now have exact dates for this new this Platfest. It's going to be uh, starting January fifteenth at two p.m. Pacific time, running through January seventeenth, two p.m. Pacific time. Work that out for your local time zone because it's a worldwide Splatfest, so everybody's participating at the same time. Cool. That that's cool. Um, do you uh? feels like a weird um pairing right or a weird uh match off between the super mushroom and the um superstar i guess it's like which right? which power up would you prefer like if you had the invincible mm-hmm. you had one of these powers which one would you want so are we to trust like the scale of super mario brothers that like when you get a mushroom you grow to literally double the height that you are normally feels inconvenient i don't want to be 12 feet tall no <laughs> i don't want to be 12 feet tall Ro- riding roller coasters would be right out yeah, couldn't do it. Although, if you were look, I just watched Big last week because it's on Disney Plus. <laughs> and if if Josh Baskin just had access to a super mushroom, he could have gone on that ride and spared himself, you know, some really uh, weird situations working for that toy company. Well, I guess we know which side Josh Baskin Baskin is going to be choosing. Yeah, he'll he'll, he'll go for he'll go for the mushroom. No, but I'm for for real though. Which which one of these? Uh, if look, we always say. Oh, it'd be fun to go back for. We're not gonna go back. Uh, but which, which one of these? Uh, which which team are you on? Um, 
I honestly I feel both would be a little bit of a curse. Super Mushroom, you're too big. Invincibility from a mm-hmm. superstar, great, but like uh difficult to go see a movie when that'll be possible again because you're like glowing, flashing, flashing all, the time, all yeah. the time. Plus, like the music, it would get a little old. Um well, I guess the question is, do you have to activate it right away? Because a star only lasts for a little bit, right? You get like seven seconds of invincibility. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I guess like it doesn't say, so we can interpret the rules however we want. In which case, I would do mm-hmm. a superstar and I would uh, like keep it in reserve for a moment when I like really needed super strength or invincibility, yeah, I guess. Y- I mean, but I've played enough RPGs to know that you never end up using those items. You never you do. Make it to the end of and, the game. And also, yeah. w- when you need it, it would be so, like, uh, split second that um, would yeah. you have time to fumble with your invincibility star and, like, uh, activate it? And would it, e- would it even occur to you? Would, you'd be in, like, a bank robbery situation, and you'd be like, oh, God, what do I do? And then, like, you reach into your pocket to, uh, eventually, and you're, like, trying to find it, and someone's like, hey, what are you doing? And then they shoot you. And that's the end of you. <laughs> Don't be a hero. <laughs> I guess that's All right. the moral of the story. <laughs> All right, Mark, let's get out of the news. Okay, that's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. I'm sorry to summon that uh, bank robbery and getting shot imagery right at the end of this fun-friendly episode. <laughs> that was bad of me. I apologize. Um, remember, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, you can share it on Facebook or Twitter. Wherever you share stuff, we appreciate it when you do. helps other people find us. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. Uh, don't forget to find a way to rent Mortal Kombat and watch it uh, so we can so you can hang out and talk about it next week with us. It'll be fun. Um, we have a Facebook page. Did I already say this? Facebook page is Nintendo Cartridge Society. I threw myself for a loop by adding something that's not normally part of this. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apebetty.com or by listening right now. my co-host Mark Mitchell this is Patrick Eller saying don't be a hero and thank you for listening is Will Himes, and I am a ghost writer, meaning I write other people's books for them. And I have a podcast called I Will Write Your Book, which are recordings of my meetings with my eccentric clients, such as a woman blocked after one sentence of a children's book about her dogs, a romance novelist who dislikes sex, and a man proud of having sampled everything in his local grocery store. This podcast has been described as fully improvised, played by some of the best comedians on the planet Earth. Hey, that's pretty good. That's I Will Write Your Book on Campfire Media. Campfire.